Hi, this is Angie Meadows, and this is The Rocker Recovery, and I have my co-host today. Billy Roble. And Hi. Billy, yeah, Billy's back with us. We're happy to have you. Thank you, Billy. And we appreciate, uh, we appreciate you being here and taking the time for us. And today we are going to talk about uh, being offended and how being offended uh, robs us of the armor of God and can really set us back. And so Billy was talking about that fourth step and how working through that fourth step, sometimes we get stuck. And so we're going to work through a lot of lessons to help us not be stuck, to be unstuck. <laughs> so you want to kick us off, Billy? Sure. So the, as Angie said, this is lesson three, the offended cycle. Um, and it begins with accepting an offense or a wound, uh, which causes us to stumble. And many addicts, at least for me, um, we have so many wounds when we come into recovery, uh, we don't even know where to start. Um, but even in, as you're growing in recovery and early sobriety, it's, it's so important to get a hold of these because um, if not, they just keep compiling on top of each other and, and we really just lose our way, uh, which is why I think people go back to relapse because it's easier to, to just mask the pain than to deal with it. But we can choose to, to walk in the light as God is in the light and, and he offers us ways to do that. And so accepting an offense causes us to stumble and then truth uh, emotions, ruling out thoughts and actions. Yeah. Um, so instead of having on that belt of truth, our emotions are ruling us. Sure. Yeah. And, and then the, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, which would be not overlooking an offense, shoes of peace. Um, if we don't have those, we can no longer minister to the person because um, we're obviously in anger. Faith. Uh, we don't think God is in charge. Ultimately, we still want to run the show. We still want to control the outcomes, control people, control situations. Uh, the helmet of salvation or tormenting obsessive thoughts. Really, the mind um, is, is where the offense uh, takes over. And then the sword of the spirit, um, which is when we're not living in that, we're not meditating on God's word. We're not allowing God's truth to teach us. And we're still living in our own will, and our own mind, our own thoughts, our own actions which again causes us to stumble, um, which leads us to really loss of strength, joy, peace, and the fruit of the spirit. Okay, keep going. Okay, so the introduction, whenever we accept an offense, it begins to dismantle our armor. Yeah, we lose every piece of it there, didn't we? Sure we do, yep. Okay, so number one. Yep, number one, if you accept an offense, you will immediately begin to be defeated and stumble. Recognizing how you act and what it feels like to take an offense is vitally important. And just, you know, that's super important there. I mean, and that's true. As soon as we allow it to take root, I always say, I wish I had a pause button and I wish I had a time to think it. We always say, play the tape through in recovery. Hey, is this emotion, is this person, is this anger, is this situation worth me um, getting angry about? Is it worth me stumbling? And losing what right. or whatever momentum I've been trying to gain in my recovery, is it worth it? And obviously the answer is no, uh, but it's very hard to, to, to take a pause and to stop. But that's what we're trying to do here. Um, second, it says, first, we lose the strong belt of truth and our emotions rule our thoughts and actions. Yeah, because if we're not walking in truth, um, 
then we're going to be offended. And, and I believe there's a, there's a verse that's in Philippians that says, if you're offended, the ministry is harmed. And there's mm -hmm. another one that says, uh, if in Psalms 119, 165, uh, perfect peace have they the love the law of the Lord and nothing shall offend them. Whew, nothing, nothing right. means nothing. So if I allow an offense, then I'm obviously missing what God has for me here. There's obviously a lesson that he has for me to grow, for me to become strong, uh, for me to, to have that strong belt of truth. So there, when I'm uh, visualizing an offense, I feel it coming, my little jaws tighten, I'm angry, I want to go back at somebody, but instead I'm like, wait, wait, I love his law. So nothing, mm. I'm, and that, just that thought of alone of, I love his law. I love his law more than I love taking an offense. And sure. so, so when I can uh, just switch gears and go to, I love his law. I love his law. And, and if I still can't do it, then the verse before that in Psalms 119, 164 says seven times a day, I will praise him. So I start praising him and thanking him that he's teaching me something here. And sometimes I try to put myself in that person's shoes because normally if they're offended, they're coming at me out of their wound. Mm. Don't you think? Absolutely. No, I mean, hurt people, hurt people. That's one of our, yeah. you know, other thing when we're going through the fourth step, since you've already mentioned it, this is where we begin to realize that other people are sick too. Yeah. And that people are spiritually sick just as we are. Um, and it goes to, you know, when you begin to realize your own shortcomings, your own sin and your own patterns, um, it does give you the ability to see others through grace and um, to offer grace, especially when you realize how much God has extended grace to each of us. Right, um, right, right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we have to walk with this breastplate of righteousness, but when we're taking an offense, we're no longer acting righteous. So to me, the word righteous means just doing what's right, just doing mm -hmm. the next right thing. And, and the Lord says, vengeance is mine. Uh, you know, don't take vengeance. So man, how many times do we want to take vengeance on somebody that's mistreated us? And sure. if I'm walking in that righteousness, I'm not taking vengeance. Instead, I'm praying for my enemies. I'm lifting them up. I'm asking God to have mercy on them, not give them what they des deserve, not give me what I deserve, but to be sure. gracious and to heal that, um, that relationship. And this goes a long way in marriage, <laughs> not to be, not to be offended with your husband or your wife. It goes a long way because if you, if I get offended with my husband, uh, it doesn't go well. I mean, I, I may not even tell him I may, cause I'm kind of good at hiding things, but he'll figure it out really quick. He'll figure out that I've got a little size going on or a little grump, or I'm just not responding to him the, the way I normally would. And it, it puts a wedge between us in our relationship. Mm. And, and, you know, just going back when you you said taking an offense, it reminded me that sometimes it feels good to take an offense. I mean, we we mm -hmm. feel boy, if I can get back at somebody, I used to say that growing up all the time that I wanted to I wanted to cause the people who caused me pain the same amount of pain. Matter of fact, worse than they had given it to me because the lie in my head says that that's going to make me feel better, and right. it doesn't. Of course, it yeah. doesn't. It just really is a lie of the enemy, right. um, and digging and obviously he gets us wrapped up in, in that whole sort of vicious lifestyle right so once i've lost let's see what have we lost we've lost our helmet so now i don't have any protection for my thoughts now i've got all these racing 
self-condemning, uh, rebuking, uh, anxious, fearful, self-pity, fighting uh, thoughts. And that's not, that's, that's a lot of pain. So once I take my helmet off of salvation, I, I'm, I, my thoughts are not protected. Now I'm not walking in truth. Now I've taken off my righteousness. And yeah. next is number four, I've lost my shoes. <laughs> so talk to us about our shoes. Well, the shoes, uh, yeah, those carrying an offense are not walking in peace or able to minister to the one they are offended by and are ruled by emotions, anxiety, anger, bitterness, bitterness, etc. This is a, it says number four, but it almost to me seems like this is one of the end results of walking out your faith is our ultimate goal is how can we be of service to others? Hmm. You know, in recovery, that's what we're talking about. How can I be of maximum service to God and to my fellow human being? Um, and there's no way I can be doing any sort of service if I am self-focused um, mm. when i'm looking at offense and being offended it's all self 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 and you know self-centeredness that's what we're driven by um, fear and and whenever we're living in that sort of lifestyle there is zero chance that we're going to help anybody let alone look to help somebody or even see somebody else's needs because we're so self-focused on our own needs right um and meeting those in, in a wrong way, even we're not even trying to meet our needs in the correct way. Um, but yeah, you can't, you cannot live in an offense, um, live in anger, being ruled by anxiety and all these emotions and still trying to walk in peace. It doesn't work. So here's uh, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. So a lot of times there's that verse that says, be at peace with everyone as much as possible. Well, a lot of times it's just not possible uh, to be at peace with everyone because they're, they, they don't have any peace. And, right. and so that's where you reach, you reach your little hand up and you, you bring your dove, your little dove of peace back. And you're like, okay, she's mine. I, I, I gave her to you and you're not worthy. So I'm going to bring her back because that's where Jesus says to his to his uh, disciples, he says, you go into a home, you offer them the peace. If they're not worthy, you take it back. <laughs> so, so what I do when I'm uh, working and overcoming my offense and I'm praying for others and I've, I'm trying to be a peacemaker, if, if they're refusing my peace and I've done as much as I can do in my mind and in my heart to make things right, to make amends for what maybe whatever I have done that has offended them and, and they still won't, won't uh, work uh, and won't meet me half part way or won't uh, acknowledge what's going on with them, but they still just want to blame or they want to, they want to just continue with a contentious spirit. I just take my little hand out and bring back my little dove of peace. And I'm just like, okay, she belongs to me. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to let you do whatever you want to do. Let me know when you get around that bush. <laughs> we have to do that we that we are working with or you know we we want to go to is going to offer the same back in return uh, not everybody's going to do that i had a lesson on this a few months ago where i had you know it was during one of my quiet times where you know the lord said you know if you have an offense against your brother to go and deal with this first yeah. then we then we can continue on our journey together but until you do this this is going to, this is going to cause you to stumble really. And, um, 
So well. I'm for a while, but really, you know, obedience, I think when it meets the right faith, um, I wanted to obey. I wanted to be obedient because before it was always, well, if he, if so-and-so does this, then I'll forgive them or <laughs> so -and -so this, then I'll take ownership for my side of the street is what we call it. And, you know, God had shifted my, my focus to, you know, wanting to please him. This wasn't about pleasing the other person. Right. Rightfully so. The other person maybe didn't deserve it on from my end. Maybe that what they actually did was a wrong. It's not that we're saying, Hey, what somebody does, this doesn't hurt or justifies their actions. The truth is that what somebody did was wrong and it was wrong in my eyes and God's eyes. But um, God wanted me to be right. obedient. Go own my side of the street. Right. And of my doing and my wrongdoing. And I did that and I felt tremendous relief afterwards because, you know, it was about being obedient to God. I don't want anything to separate me from being of use to him. And, and yeah, it sounds like it gave you a clear conscience where you could move forward. Sure. Yeah. So if I lose my faith, well, faith is a shield. Uh, it's a shield to quench the fiery darts of the enemy is what it says. So your shield of faith to quench those fiery darts. Well, man, if you are being offended and those tormenting thoughts are coming at you, they feel like fiery darts. Mm -hmm. So you have forgotten God is in charge and that he has a greater plan and you're to respond in gratefulness and to, and to learn what he is teaching you. And I find that it doesn't really matter what my circumstances are. It matters my response to those circumstances. So I want to make sure that I'm always responding out of kindness, out of love. And love does not look like a doormat. Sometimes love looks like really strong boundaries. Let me know when you're done. I'm not putting up with this. And right. I'm stepping back and I'm walking away until they come back around to realize that, hey, I don't want to live this way anymore. And then I've moved forward and showed them the path to go. And a lot of times they'll start following me mm. on that path to recovery, on that path to freedom from being offended. I had a situation yesterday. I was talking to another friend in recovery and, and he said, hey, I have this friend, but, and it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while when I'm talking to this guy, it like drains me. He like sucks the life out of me. That's <laughs> a vampire. And, <laughs> and that was a recovering addict. We're people pleasers. So we want everyone to like us. But he asked me like, should I draw a boundary with this guy? And he doesn't even know what that is. And I said, well, you shouldn't just stand there and take it. If he's, if he is saying things to you that is causing or stealing your peace and your joy, then yeah, you have to draw a boundary, you know, because this isn't, we're not, you know, God doesn't ask us to let people walk on us. That's right. Now, sure. when I when I get with people and I feel drained like that, it's because I've allowed them to uh, engage me in their grumbling, complaining, their slandering, their gossiping, their backstabbing. And anytime I listen to that, it, it says in uh, Proverbs that that's a wound in our stomach. That that's that's a wound. And I think what it's saying is that listening to that, indulging that, is a wound in our spirit. Mm -hmm. So let's go to number six. We've lost our helmet. Yep, this is devastating. When your helmet is gone, your mind is tormented with obsessing, racing thoughts. This leads to depression and even suicide thinking. And and that's true. Um, boy, when it when it takes over our mind, the obsessive racing thoughts—that's that irritability, restlessness, discontented in our mind. 
and we want to run. And that's exactly what we do when we get to that point. Um, we can't fix the other person. We can't find a, a, a way to mend it in our own mind or in our own heart. We can't, you know, come to terms with it. So we just want to run. And um, usually we're running back to something that takes that away. So if I'm putting the helmet back on, the helmet of salvation, well, I'm doing that with the word of God because the word of God is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And the word of God is, it says to get it before the frontlets of my eyes, you know, to, to write it before me, to focus on it. And if I can take my mind and turning, turn it away from uh, what someone else did, what someone else said, what triggered me, maybe they didn't really do anything that they even knew they did something wrong or something that that hurt me but maybe they just triggered me from an old to an old wound and and it started an avalanche of stuff that i haven't dealt with so if i can just start going back through those things and start journaling about them and releasing to them to the lord and literally taking them up to the altar of god and saying lord i give you this lord i give you this lord i give you this person lord i give you this i give you this because so many times these things are bigger than us and, and we've been around and around the bush with them for a lot of years sometimes and there's no resolution right yeah there's just a release don't you think that sometimes you just have to release it you absolutely have to one of my greatest lessons in early recovery with in christian counseling i had gone in there with a person with a situation and it was you know a family member it was a close person and i remember the counselor saying to me well what are you going to do if that person doesn't change i mean what are you going to do if that person just stays the same because yeah. he then he followed that with i don't think that person is going to change yeah and you can't let this person continue to rob you. It's going to rob you your whole life. Right. And this is 20 years ago. Right. So, um, and then it became of, you need to change. I have to change. I'm That's responsible right. for me. I'm responsible for my thoughts, my mind, what I allow in there, what I allow to come out of my heart, my, you know, um, and that really, and we need the responsibility. That's that's because we're so good at dishing the responsibility off on others. We don't want to take ownership of anything. And really, that's what God's asking us to do is is really take ownership together. He does it with us. Let Amen. me show you who you are through this. Let me teach you something through this. I always wondered why God just doesn't take things away, but there's always a lesson, and it's usually a lesson of how is lo He loves us in the middle of this and loves us the way that person can't or you know won't god is, is mm -hmm. able to fill those needs so what i heard you saying was uh, we get codependent with other relationships particularly family relationships that that should be healthy and strong and maybe aren't and and in our if we're codependent with them what that means is that i can't be happy if they're not happy i can't be strong if they're not strong i can't be ha you know well and moving forward if they're not moving forward i'm just kind of hanging back waiting on them and i think what you're saying to me is that you get to a point where you have to let go of them and move forward for yourself for your recovery for your health for your strength and it's got to be okay if they don't move forward yeah and sometimes those people will not like that you do that i know that, that, <laughs> like, hold on you're not going anywhere and they might up the ante and really start to cause um, situations where would draw us back into codependency. But that's where we have to learn, you know, the boundaries are really important in drawing those. And, right. Um, yeah. 
sometimes it takes conflict to get out of um, dysfunctional relationships. It takes us to uh, stop working on walking on eggshells, stop being a people pleaser and just say, I'm going to please God. And if that pleases you, so be it. And if it doesn't, so be it. I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm going to please God and I'm, I'm moving forward. And we just keep walking. So there is um, this loss of our weapon. Mm-hmm. And this sword, this is our, uh, so we can defend ourselves. If we aren't remembering God's promises or meditating on scripture, if we're not reading the word, it's more difficult to understand if we can even understand it at all when we have an offense. Like if mm-hmm. I'm bearing this offense, what I have to do is I have to read the word until I have washed myself fully and engrafted the words that God has given me that day through a rhema. So there are two different types of words in the Greek, in the New Testament for word W-O-R-D. The one word is the living word, which is Jesus Christ in John 1, 1. The word was made flesh and he came and dwelt among us. And he's the living word. So when I read my Bible, it comes alive to me. And if it doesn't, then I need to start talking to the Lord about empowering me with the Holy Spirit so that I'm not just reading what I sounds like a, a good novel, you know, and a good fiction book, but I'm really le- reading stuff that's, that's being engrafted into my soul and changing my life. And that's mm-hmm. called the living word. And the second uh, def- uh, word that's translated word is rhema, R-H-E-M-A. And a rhema word is a personal word for me. And I, if I ask the Lord a question when I'm studying my Bible, uh, he will illuminate a verse here or there, and I'll write that down and carry that throughout the day. And as I meditate upon that word, it evolves, it gets bigger, and it, it changes, and I get revelation on it as to what it meant. And now it sets me free from that problem that I had. And sometimes it's a promise. It's a promise that, that God is saying. He's get, bringing me a principle to mind to help me in, make a decision in the situation that I've come to him with. And so I want to press into the living word until it becomes living and breathing. And then I want to press into it even deeper, abiding in it, living in it, dwelling in it, breathing in it until it becomes so much of a word that it's my word for me, for this circumstance, for this situation, for right now, to bring me health and to bring me healing. Well, the more that we are in God's word, the more that we do exactly what you just said, the less we're going to take an offense the next time. That's right. That's right. We're going to get on top of that. (laughs) Yeah. Like building ourselves up. This is like, you know, we're constantly, you know, the armor is getting stronger as we're living in this and, 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 you know, the enemy loves to catch us sideways and we're not prepared, Uh, but when we come to battle prepared. Right. You've got the sword. Yeah. You got the living word. You got the rhema word. You're like, this is what the Lord said. And that's, that's how Jesus defeated Satan in the wilderness. Uh, Yeah, the word says, thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. I mean, so if Jesus used the word as a sword and defeated the enemy, man, the, the enemy's like, he's, he's like, it's, it's like poison to him. He's got to run. <laughs> he's got to hide. Well, he knows if we rely on our own words, there's no power there. That's right. He wants and, to keep us God's word as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, and I think he takes what thoughts we have in our mind and he twists them to destroy us because he comes to kill steal and destroy so i sometimes don't feel like i have the luxury to think my own thoughts i have to think god's thoughts in order to heal Mm -hmm. okay you want to do that number eight sure and really 
ultimately our fruit is spoiled. So the fruit of the spirit, you know, there is loss of strength, joy, peace, and all the fruits of the spirit. Uh, whenever we're living in offense, we, we cannot live in, in uh, joy, peace, self-control. That's all gone. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Okay. So go for the exercise. <laughs> uh, exercise. How has carrying an offense defeated me? Well, I can tell you this. Um, just just thinking of one, which I've had many offenses. Um, sometimes it defeats me for the short term, like immediately that day. But then there's offenses where, you know, they ever said, you know, you're a prisoner of your own mind. Like that other person, me harboring those feelings, the offensive feeling really makes me a prisoner in my own mind. Um, that other person might not even be aware, like you said earlier, of what they've done or the situation that caused it. But here I am allowing this to rent space in my mind. That's the right. more about it, the more I dwell on it, the more I obsess about it, the more the enemy says, hey, you know what will get you out of these thoughts, right? And that's what we used to run from in our addiction is I, yeah. I don't want to feel. I don't like these feelings. So let me get out of these feelings. Right, uh, right. Turns into self-destruction, doesn't it? Well, and I think you, you, you go in, uh, substance use is to stop that suffering. So sure. being offended causes a lot of suffering. It does. Okay, so we want to look at the spiritual sickness, the signs and symptoms of that. So if I have allowed an offense, then it's going to rob me of my spiritual health. And I'm going to be in despair, fretful, fearful, double-minded, overwhelmed, which means depressed. Uh, dismayed, which means uh, co uh, confounded or confused. Uh, it's going to, I'm going to have a reprobate mind. My mind's not going to be thinking the, um, correctly. I'm going to be contentious with a darkened heart. And there's going to be lots of vain imaginations where I'm imagining they're thinking that I'm thinking about thinking about this. <laughs> and then there's going to be pride and helplessness and unbelief. Uh, and I'm not going to have any rest. And I'm going to have a very sad countenance and hardness of heart. So I had Billy pick two of these to talk to you about, and then I will pick two of these to talk to you about. And if you're in your groups, you guys can just pick one a piece and go through them and start talking about them. So mm -hmm. go ahead, Billy. So contentious, it's Proverbs 26, 21. It says, as charcoal to embers and as wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. So if That's we're offended, happened. yeah, if we're offended, we're going to be, we're going to be strifeful or arguing. That's right. Which won't get us anywhere. Nope. <laughs> so the next one. And uh, pride, which is Proverbs 13, 10. It says, where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Wow. So what am I going to do instead of, instead of arguing and causing strife and being contentious? I need to take advice <laughs> and I need to look at my pride. I need to, yeah. I need to humble myself. And I don't think I'm going to go and ask for advice. If I'm prideful, I think I'm going to have to humble myself to do that. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So I want to talk to you about unbelief um, in Matthew 13, 58. Um, the, it says, uh, and they were offended in him. And Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works among them. So whenever we are offended, I, don't, I think it hinders God from giving us what he wanted to give us. 
Mm. And I think it keeps, uh, it keeps him from being able to do those mighty works because we don't believe or instead we'd rather be offended. Um, mm. And the, the next one I want to talk about is Mark 16, 14, the hardness of heart. And the situation here is where Mary Magdalene's been to the tomb. She's seen him resurrected and the disciples who have walked with Jesus for three years don't believe her, even though he told, her, told them that that's what would happen. And they believe not in verse 11. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, they believe not. And um, she went and told the residue of them and they believed, they believed not. Um, and then verse 14, after he appeared unto the 11 and he sat at meat and upbraided them, he corrected them with their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they believe not them which had seen him after he was risen. So I think that there's this hardness of heart that comes when I allow an offense. I think that that's, uh, you know, like, like Pharaoh um, and the Lord hardened his heart. It says that like 18 times and the Lord hardened his heart. Well, he didn't believe, he didn't believe in God. He was stubborn. And I believe that gave the, the clay for that heart to harden. So if mm -hmm. I'm in unbelief, if I'm in offense, if I'm in pride and in strife and contention, you, I can just expect my heart to be hardened and whatever beautiful light I had now is dampened. It's now got a little, it's now got, got a little cover over it where my light's not shining anymore. Right. You want to go to the principle? The principle says the armor of God is our responsibility to put on. And I want to re read out of Ephesians, uh, starting in verses 4, verses 22. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And I just want to say there, part of this is we have to put off our old self. Um, in doing so, that allows space for the new self to be put on. Um, but this will require effort on our part. I always see people that I work with, they're, they're constantly falling back into old behaviors because they're still hanging out with the wrong people, going to the wrong places and participating in the wrong things. And they wonder why they can't grow or why they're struggling so much to get this new man, the new mind. And, and really, we have to put off this old self, which I love in Luke. It says that, you know, we have to do this daily. You know, we crucify ourselves daily, not just one time. Uh, daily do we have to die to ourselves, which to me is, is really putting off our old self. And, and because we're constantly corrupting, we're constantly being corrupted by our desires. And it says that we need to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Yeah. And that's really, I think, you know, you've been trying to get at and we've been talking about is why we need to spend so much time in God's word. To me, that is putting on the new, the new man, um, right. the new you know, where it talks about in scripture that we have to renew our minds um, because the stuff that's in there is old and no longer working and was never meant to work. Um, mm. God wants to bring me through those things for me to realize why it doesn't work and why his word is so much more powerful if I allow him to work and be in my life. Part of recovery, what we struggle with is we think we have to do this on our own. And it's so hard hard the reason we go back into our old behaviors is it's easy it's comfortable we know what the old life is like we don't know what this new person is like what it's going to be like it's not comfortable change is right. hard 
but God does a lot of this for us. I, I used to say, you know, I think God does the majority of all of it. I just say, yes, I cooperate with him when he's working in my life. Yeah. I say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow through no matter how difficult it is. I want to please you. And God does the rest really. And it's, he's done that in my life. So what you're reminding me of is the old wine skin and the new wine skin. And mm -hmm. the analogy there is if they had, a, if they had wonderful wine and they put it in an old wine skin, well, it was dry and it would break and they would lose it all. So if we pour the Holy Spirit, if God pulls his Holy Spirit in us and we're still the old man, it's going to, it's weighty. It's heavy. The glory of God's heavy. It's going to break us. It's not, we're not going to be able to hold the glory of God. We're not going to be able to hold that Holy Spirit. If we have not put on that new mind, if we have not renewed our spirits, if we're not walking in that truth and putting off all those things, putting off that old wineskin and getting a new wineskin to be able to hold the glory of God, to be able to hold mm -hmm. that beautiful Holy Spirit. So let's do conclusion. The day of evil has come and I am not dressed for battle. So I want you to make sure that you look at everything that has ever offended you, that you ask God to show you all your offenses this week um, and start going back and working through those and releasing those. And let me read you the verses that go through that. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray. And that's Ephesians 6, 10 through 19. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And yeah, it is. It really yeah. is. So there's a battle going on there for our souls. And we got we to gotta get on the right side of the battle. I find that when I start indulging my flesh and indulging in offense and saying it's my right to be angry, it's my right to be offended with them, da 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 da, da I have just put myself on the wrong side of this battle. <laughs> right. It's a losing battle. It is a losing battle. I'm, I'm going to be stuck. I'm going to be stuck for days, hours, days, weeks, years. I mean, I could be stuck. Years. We hold on to things. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Anything that has held you back, any offense that is just like a lump in your throat, I want you to spit it out and say, I'm done with this. I am done with this offense. And our next lessons, we're going to talk about spiritual health and what that looks like and how to get rid, you know, how more to get rid of this um, offense. We've got three more lessons on this. We're going to talk about how an offense, if you hold on to it, it's going to cause a wounded heart and how to stop taking an offense and how to set up boundaries and how to um, avoid taking in offenses, how to avoid taking new ones. I just feel like that this is very important to not having a tormented mind because I feel mm -hmm. like that taking an offense gives the enemy a legal right to come in and trample all over us because once we've got that armor off, he's like, ha, they're not protected. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
it just reminded me something, you know, we're talking about taking on an offense and I'm sitting here thinking I'm working with a guy right now doing his four step. And he says, Oh, I'm done. I think I did a good job. And, and then I, I said to him, well, so what have you done to others? And he was like, uh, I mean, I, I better go back to writing then because he said, I, I, I don't have enough paper to write down, Aww. you know, cause some, we give an offense. Yeah. Not only do we take offenses, but we're pretty good Ooh. at giving. And um, I think part of this whole process is just the God. How do I, how do I stop giving offenses to others? How do I live in your light? And and really, that goes back to that. I can't minister to others as if, if I'm living in this, you know. So I don't want to take on offenses, and but right. I don't want to be. Yeah, given an offense, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That that takes as much strength as it does to uh, release an offense when it does come. <laughs> okay. uh, the Lord. My rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. That's found in Psalm 18, verse 2. And Lord, it's so hard not to take an offense. We do it all the time without realizing it. Let us become aware when we take an offense. Show us how it makes us imbalanced and removes our armor. Let us be diligent to place firm and kind boundaries and never let anyone offend us again and never, like Billy said, offend others. Help us to be that new man in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And this is The Rock of Recovery. This was the Tormented Mind um, book. It's book number two in the Rock of Recovery series. This was lesson number three. Uh, if you're using it for the moderators, uh, you want a PDF, it's on enablersjourney.com. Um, if you want it on uh, YouTube, it's under my name, Angie G. Meadows. If you want it on uh, Rock Recovery Podcast, it's on Podbean, um, iTunes, uh, Pandora, uh, Spotify. So you can find it there. And we will see you next time for our next three lessons on how not to take an offense. Bye, Bailey. <laughs>